I don't think it's ever too late to be a blogger. I mean, there are, I, I think there's a ton of worth to, uh, to blogging and you can, you can use, you know, your own website or something like medium, which is a wonderful platform. I love it. Um, you know, you, you want to have kind of thought leadership material, why, why it is that you deserve people's business. You're listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Join us as we get the stories of the leaders in the real estate industry. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 223 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. As I always say, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. And today I get to go to the place I love to go. Uh, Many of you know, if you've listened to the show, how much uh, I love people who know how to write copywriters. They're such smart people and I think so underappreciated. And, and that's what I get to do today. I get to talk to and think, think, think with me here. If you've been in the business a while, we're going to go back in time to Melissa Case. Uh, she had, she did some great things in real estate. She was with, did some work at Happy Grasshopper, had a consulting firm. Now she's with Citrix and she's actually the manager of social community content and campaigns. And so I can't wait to talk to her about that as well. Melissa, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Bill. It's great to be here. Yeah. Uh, look, I've said this a million times. I am such a fanboy of copywriters. I, I and to be honest, as I, I send questions out in advance to you and as I was writing these questions, it was like, oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm writing and I'm sending it to Melissa. So you'll just so you're aware of this, I, I uploaded it to my Grammarly account and I ran it through the Grammarly you know, program and got uh-huh. up to a 98. It started off as a 77, but I got it to a 98. I like for, it. For me, it's the damn passive voice. Um, <laughs> so, so let's, I want to, I want to, first of all, I have a statement. I want you to tell me what you think about it. I believe copywriters are way underappreciated and that most people think they're really good writers. Am, am I right? Um, I think both of those things are absolutely a hundred percent true. Um, yeah, I, um, I think that a lot of people think that everybody can just write and while the physical process, yes, everybody can write words and do all of those things, um, to be able to write well is no different than being able to paint well or sing well or draw well or any of those things. Not any, not everybody can do everything great. And so there are great real estate agents, there are great mortgage officers, and there are great writers and not everybody can be all of those things. Right. Now, before I get into the bulk of the kind of the meat of the podcast, I want to talk to you about what you're doing today. Because Citrix, like that's a big company. I'm with Fidelity. So I use Citrix tools all the time, you know, as far as accessing our network and some security things. Tell me what you're doing. What are you doing there? So like you said, I I manage um, social community content and campaigns. um, And the, the short version of that is that I am their social loudmouth. So I run all of our social programs. So Wherever you see Citrix online, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, et cetera, um, I am the voice behind all of that. And uh, I've been with them for about five years and originally uh, joined them to be an editor and a, a writing flack, but they they knew that I had a background in social. And so it was a perfect fit. And here I am. 
I, I always like to start on the podcast going back in time and let's figure figure a few things out. I it's not an insult to call you a grammar cop. Oh, absolutely not. And I okay. that's a badge I wear with pride. All right. So I can only imagine what you were like in middle school if this passion had already blossomed. So let's add, that's the question is when did you when did you know this was going to be a passion of yours? Yeah, I was a pain in the neck. Um <laughs> I'm hoping that my old friends will will see that with some affection. But so my my mom was an English teacher uh, when and so I was in one of those families where she would at the dinner table, you know, correct everybody's, you know, she would stop my brother and me in the midst of whatever story we were relating about school and correct us as we went. And this was a nasty habit that I uh, picked up. And so, yes, I was super annoying, but I've always been fascinated with writing and um, English and it's, and it's weird rules. And English is a difficult language for sure. It makes no sense. It's kind of a puzzle and uh, it's just really fun for me. So I've always been this way. So. <laughs> so when you say that you might correct people, is mm -hmm. it, does it affect you? There are times you can't do that, mm -hmm. right? Social settings are certain things where you have to bite your tongue. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Is no, it, I, is, I, does it, does it create stress a little bit for you? Not really. Most of the time I, I take it with a grain of salt. And so if, if anybody, um, follows me online, you know, you'll see I have this sort of Twitter series that I call, you know, the more you know, and uh, where I will point out some misspelling that someone has made, I will never call anybody out by name, um, unless I'm really good friends with somebody and I can naturally just kind of give them a little good natured ribbing. One of my favorites is when people mix up compliment, um, and complement with an E. And so, you know, I will point out what the differences are and explain, you know, this is why this is spelled this way and, and that sort of thing. Um, but that is how, that is my own personal therapy. So that's how I, I work out my, my grammar frustrations. I like it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about your, we'll give all your Twitter and all Facebook. We'll get sure. all that at the end of the show. So we can, uh, people can start following you. Mm -hmm. I know you attended the uh, university of Maryland. Did you grow I up did. in the, uh, grow up in Maryland? I sure did. Okay. I, sure did. I grew up in Gaithersburg and then, uh, when as a, as a grown up, uh, I lived in Annapolis for years and years. Okay. Um, yep. All right. So I, I'm going to ask a couple of questions. One, you know, your field of study, mm -hmm. I'm hoping inside you say something other than English, but I, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm right. And, yep. <laughs> and when you were there, did the Terps have those crazy helmets with that crazy flag? Uh, well, first of all, the Maryland state flag is the most beautiful in the nation. And so that crazy flag is something that we love and actually know those came uh, after I graduated and I love those. And those are uh, so those are all uh, designed by Under Armour, which is uh, all the guys who own that company also went to Maryland. Yeah. So um, that's a big thing. And also go Terps. But um, I, uh, I'm going to disappoint you. So I, I majored in medieval British literature. Um, I am an absolute English dork. There uh, probably can't do it anymore. Was a time when I could actually read Beowulf and Old English. Uh, I did have a minor in linguistics, you know, speech patterns and how the language itself actually works, uh, fricatives and and all of those things. And so, but yeah, I am I am an English geek through and through. Wow. 
That, well, look, that's great. I think that's awesome. And mm-hmm. like I said, it leads to what you've, uh, what you've accomplished over For the sure. years. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about what was your first gig out of college? So um, I've always, I, I went into PR um, initially. So I had a um, short stint uh, uh, with Ringling Brothers doing uh, PR in a junior sense there. Right here in the state of Florida, Sarasota. In, in Virginia. Um, yeah. so they had, their headquarters is in Sarasota, that's right? That's right. Yeah. So, but so in, uh, in McLean, Virginia, they have an office there, giant, uh, gorilla in the, in the lobby. It was great fun. Um, and then I, I took a position with a law firm in, uh, Bethesda, Maryland, which is just outside of DC. And I ran their PR shop, you know, the, the litigators there wanted to get their, um, their big cases on, on Fox and everywhere else. And so I was I was their press flack. And um, after that, I, I I was there till 2000 when, when I uh, left and had uh, babies and stuff, as happens. Right. So somewhere real estate comes calling, right? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about how that happened. Yeah. So that the, the babies actually have a lot to do with yeah. that. So my in-laws run a, a real estate company in Anne Arundel County, Maryland, which is where Annapolis is. And my then husband's family, everybody's in real estate. And so they said, you know, you love people, you love talking, you'd be great as an agent. So off I went. And so I was an agent in the, um, during the, during the boom in the two thousands and had a great time, met some terrific people, uh, lots and lots of folks in the industry and discovered that, um, as an agent, I'm a great writer. Um, yeah. (laughs) I like that. Mm -hmm. So, so you, the, the, the sales side of things, that other part of the business, you kind of determined, after a year or two, that really wasn't your thing. Yeah, I did it for about five years. And then, um, you know, so I speak the real estate language very well. It's, it's something I understand, um, you know, very well, but I just didn't like this the sales side of it. So uh, what I decided to do was help agents um, write and do better marketing. So that's where Honeybee comes in? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about your consulting company and and what were some of the things you were doing and um, you know some of the maybe if you can even talk about it some of the companies you were helping. Sure. Um, so, oh gosh, I, I worked with so many people. So uh, one of the the first things I did, I know you said you've got uh, Mark Davison coming on, and um, so I, I worked with Thousand Watt and and did lots of blog writing for for them. I won't tell you for whom, um, but I, I did I did a lot of uh, you know writing for for their clients. I did a bunch of work with um, like Jeff Turner, um, and you know who everybody knows. I did I helped organize RE Blog World is not a thing anymore, yeah. but I helped organize that. I worked with Todd Carpenter at, at NAR and with Mike Simonson at Altos Research and Dan Green and, you know, on and on and on. So, I mean, um, so I, I did pretty much anything. My, my pitch was always that, you know, if it could be written, I could write it and better than anybody. That was that was my my quick pitch and and so I since I understood real estate, it was a, a natural fit. Um, people who 
don't write for a living often get frustrated by it, especially when it comes to writing about themselves. You know, so one of the one of the things that I did was, you know, I wrote people's bios for them. So the like the about pages that you would read on people's websites, that kind of thing. Lots of blog posts. Um, I wrote people's websites, you know, lots of home descriptions, things like that. People, wow. who, you know, yeah. I, I did it. I, I want your take on companies like iWriter and Fiverr, where mm-hmm. I can go like really cheap <laughs> and I can get, you know, I can get somebody to write something for me. Mm-hmm. How do you handle so, that as a, a professional? You get what you pay for. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the the bottom line. You know, when you, when you are out to spend as little as possible, you know, you're going to get that, that kind of product. People yeah. are going to put the effort in, you know, so I, it's funny that I found that my, the, the more I charged and I didn't charge outlandish amounts of money, but when I was trying to, you know, kind of get out there and get, get exposure as, as people say, you know, and I was charging much less. Um, I got far less business and was much more frustrated than when I started asking for the money that I felt that I was worth. If you want a quality product, then you should be willing to pay people for it. Yeah. I think that's a great lesson for a lot of people listening in, Mm -hmm. right? That don't undervalue what you do. It's mm-hmm. uh, we we tend to do that. We tend to absolutely yeah deflect and go. Oh no, really no, don't worry. And you know, really, we should be proud of what we do, right? Yeah, for sure. And you know, like th- there are um, there's a whole culture of people out there who say, you know, hey, I want to pick your brain. No, no, don't do that to people. Right. Not, you know, people's time is is worth something. And if you if if their brain pickings are worth it to you, then pay them for that. Yeah, love that. Um, I connected with you. Uh, it was on Twitter a long time ago. Long I mean, time I think, ago. Yeah, probably that early re.net that you know Turner and all those people talk about. You were part of that crew, and and it, I realized as I was researching for the show, I really wasn't. I hadn't friended you on Facebook because mm-hmm. I'm you're a Twitter person to me. Yeah, that's where we connect. And so I'm going to make you choose. Do you have a favorite social network out there that you kind of defer to? I go back and forth, you know, right, right now. No. And, and when we connected on Twitter, that was sort of the, the golden age of, of Twitter, if you will. And people talk about it wistfully and, and all of that. And honestly, I did make uh, a ton of connections there. People that I'm still friends with to this day. There, there came a time when I, I felt like Twitter was more noise than anything else. And um, then I became more of a Facebook person. Uh, and I have sort of gone back to Twitter now for us, uh, for various reasons. Um, Facebook frustrates me a bit right now. I will not go into all of those things because that's a whole different can of worms. I like Instagram a lot just because of the, the visual nature of it. Nobody's favorite is, is LinkedIn. Bless it. It's, it's useful, but it's no fun. So, um, but I, I like Twitter a lot. It's funny. It's fast. And I can be weird. And I am weird. So I'm, I'm at peace with that. And, you know, now they give you 280 characters. You can write a little bit more. It's all good, right? I know. I was one of those people who I was just aghast at first. How could you change this? And now I, now I can't keep under 280 now. So. <laughs> let's, let's talk about kind of, kind of looking back one more time. 
you're in the business right when social media explodes, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, it's a safe, obviously you are an early adopter of social, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to use a, an English term here. If I asked you to compare slash contrast <laughs> social media 2008 versus social media 2020, yeah. what, do you, what does it look like? So, so yeah, I, I got, I was on Twitter early, early on. I, it was, it was a, a brand new platform in, in 2006 and seven. I got on it in um, early 2008 and for whatever reason, it made sense to me. I understood it right away. It's a, it's a very strange, abstract thing to try and explain to people, but I got it. And, um, so I made a lot of connections early on, but just like with anything else, you know, the longer something is around the, the more users there are and the more filters you have to get through. It's kind of like, you know, when, when people were first setting up websites on, on, in trying to like get up in the Google search rankings. And if you were out there early and, you know, did your SEO well, then you could get up to, you know, to the top of the, the, the rankings without a, a ton of effort. But now if you try to do that, it's impossible. Like you, you cannot game that system anymore. And it's, it's a lot like that on Twitter now, Facebook to a lesser extent. Uh, you, I mean, the, the rules and if you're trying to use Facebook from, for a, for business now, it's really hard. The way that they they have their their rules set up, and it's kind of a, a pay to play system. You used to be able to use your your community page or or what have you, and you could you know generate a lot of of business that way. But it's much more difficult now. And Twitter, you know, you can you can do a lot of promoted ads on Twitter. One of the interesting things, you know, now like. Instagram, I think, is is really an interesting place, especially for for real estate folks. So that's that's something that wasn't around before. But I think is is you know I hate to use the expression game changer because that's buzz speak and that that annoys me. But um, I, I think it's it's a really interesting platform, and that there are a lot of ways that that can be used that people haven't really started to exploit yet. I have agents reach out to me. And uh, want to talk maybe strategy and mm-hmm. they'll bring up their business page on Facebook and I bristle and mm-hmm. I, I yeah. tell them, I just say, look, I think there's two reasons you need a business page. One, if I Google your name and your name's attached, it's going to yep. show up. That's awesome. Yep. And and two, if you're going to do ads, you need one. Mm-hmm. But then I, ask, I instantly ask them, so you're a good copywriter, a graphic designer, marketer. Do you, are you good at all that? Because if you're not, you're not going to do your own Facebook ad campaign. You're going to pay right. somebody to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, you know, I'd love your take on if a realtor was to DM you mm-hmm. today and said, what sort of content should I be putting out there? What would you tell them? Well, I, I, well, I'm, I, I and I'll apologize here. I'm kind of picking your brain. No, no, no. <laughs> it's okay. You know, you pick away. That's why I'm here. But, okay. you know, that's it's one of those questions like, you know, you ask somebody, you know, how deep is a hole? Um, it's a non-specific answer. And, and what kind of content you should be creating depends on who you are trying to reach. Uh, and that also applies to, you know, like the, what audience you're trying to reach might give you, you know, might inform what platform you want to use. I think from a, a reaching consumers standpoint, you know, I, I still see people 
uh, agents, you know, tweeting out links to their listings um, on Twitter. And I'm often confused as to why they do that. I mean, it can't hurt to kind of throw out a, a wider net, but from a, a consumer standpoint, um, that's not going to be the most effective use of time. Uh, I think for realtors, things it's such a visual industry. Um, like Instagram and Pinterest are are wonderful. House, if if anybody's using that, is a is a terrific platform for that. Anywhere where you can showcase what you're doing, you know, because you know, as they say, you know, a picture tells a thousand words. You know, you can really tell a wonderful story with um, visual media like that. For for a realtor who has some writing skills, mm -hmm. is it too late to be a blogger? I don't think it's ever too late to be a blogger. I mean, there are, I, I think there's a ton of worth to, uh, to blogging and you can, you can use, you know, your own website or something like medium, which is a wonderful platform. I love it. Um, you know, you, you want to have kind of thought leadership material, why, why it is that you deserve people's business. You know, if you have, um, you know, smarts about what you're doing and you have some, some good information to share, then by all means, write about it. There's so much canned stuff out there that, you know, people saying the same things over and over again. So if you have something original to say, then by all means, say it. And you can share those links out wherever you like. It doesn't have to just live on that blog. You can use that content to disseminate wherever you want. I want to talk about video a little bit. We haven't talked about YouTube at mm -hmm. all. And it's been a year of video and real estate for like 10 straight years, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> they were talking about it in like 2010. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, YouTube as a strategy and, and you know, how would you, uh, how, what, what are your thoughts on that? Oh gosh. Um, YouTube is the biggest search engine there is. So it is, it has massive power and, and video is, is wonderful. If you, you look at the guys like Connor and Ethan over at bomb bomb, they have, you know, really um, they've done great things with video and have a lot of terrific things to say. So if you don't follow them by all means do, but there, there's a ton of power in, in, in video and the stories that you can convey and you can be so creative with it. Um, I just, I think it's fantastic. I wish more people did it. Yeah. You bring up bomb bomb. I, when I, I use this line a lot, I said, if you only had $50 a month for mark your marketing budget, which is kind of mm -hmm. sad, but if all you had was $50 a month, <laughs> go get a, go get a bomb bomb account and yeah. use it, use it every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I no, I think, I think it's a terrific service and for video, you know, like YouTube is great and, and all of the different platforms have streaming features now. So on Facebook or Instagram, yeah. Twitter itself, you know, they have their, their adjunct service called Periscope and those kind of live streaming services are terrific. You know, if you wanted to give somebody like a quick virtual tour, if you will, of, of a listing or talk about, you know, what's going on in the communities around the, the areas where you're selling that kind of stuff. Um, it's fantastic. I, I got to ask you this question. It just came to mind. That's you work for a large company yeah, with probably a real budget. Mm. How does that feel? What is that like to be able to do, um, <laughs> much different things say than the average realtor. 
Yeah, it's um, it is a completely different animal. And the the first time I I went, you know, I was I was asked to go and find. We needed a new social listening platform, and I was in charge of going to scope that out. And this was the first time I had ever um, been involved in purchasing a piece of enterprise software. And I about had a heart attack when I saw how much it cost. I was like, whoa. But then when you, you know, you think about, you know, this is Citrix, Citrix is a, a multi-billion dollar company. And so, you know, I'm, I'm used to dealing with my solo practitioner budget, which was, you know, to, I couldn't even call it a fraction of what, what, uh, this company has at its disposal, but yeah, it's it's interesting what what you can do with uh, with marketing dollars is pretty amazing, and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think for realtors that's the issue is how do you yeah how do you how do you carve out that little thing that little niche where you're going to get really good at this this skill or this idea or this this strategy yeah um, yeah you know that's that's the hard part. Yeah, it's it's um you know, first of all, you you can't use all of the platforms. You it just like, you know, going back to the analogy, you know, you can't be a good painter, a good sculptor, a good writer, a good cook, all of those things. Each of the the different social platforms has a very different personality. You're going to like more than one more than another and those kinds of things do come through. Um so unless you've got a big marketing budget to to deal with using all of those things. Um, like if you're an independent uh, agent and you know you're not working for you know one of the one of the big companies, you know those entities can afford to to do all of the um, social marketing and spend the millions of dollars and 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 that kind of thing. So find the one area that you like and the thing that you are good at and do that. Um, and as long as you're consistent with it, you know, I think that's the key to it. People often will do one thing and if it falls flat, then they give up on it. Um, and that's, you know, that's a mistake. If you keep at it, uh, then, then, you know, that's more of like a, a snowball effect and you will get more momentum as you go on. Right. And you know that from experience and practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let mm -hmm. me, we've arrived at the part of the show. I, I I'm going to have fun here. Um, oh, yeah. I want you to air <laughs> some pet peeves. Yeah. I, I read your LinkedIn article, uh, your rant. I'm going to call it a rant on reflexive, rant. <laughs> on reflexive pronouns, which is great. Yeah. Um, so give me a couple of your top pet peeves that maybe will help a couple people listening in. Buzzspeak makes me nuts. You know, people who say things like, and, and I get this in the, the corporate world a lot, but I know that everybody hears this when people, you know, talk about our, you know, our blue ocean strategy and, you know, it's, you know, let's parking lot this idea and we'll, you know, we'll circle on back around to like, those things make me crazy. Just speak like a human being, please. Those things really did it. One, but the, the, the article that you were talking about was one that things that I run into all the time where people say, you know, Bill Risser and myself were, were doing such and such a thing. And that makes me like twitch. Like, you know, when you go to the, the dentist and you get that thing where you like <laughs> try and walk down the chair with your butt, yeah. that, that is what um, that does to me. So the, 
don't do that. First of all, you say, you know, Bill and I had a great conversation on, on his podcast or, you know, the best way to check yourself on those things is to remove the other person and say, you know, would you ever say myself had a great idea? You know, no, you would never, ever say this unless someone had beaten you over the head. So this is a thing that gets on my nerves. Again, going back to the uh, things like people who say, you know, I got a sneak peek and spell it P-E-A-K. And so that comes back to my, my thing. But again, my, I have my own, you know, therapies and, and ways that I work out these frustrations and, and try not to, uh, you know, to be cruel to, to people. But yeah, this is something that, that I, I find apparently people find endearing. <laughs> <laughs> it's look, yeah. On Twitter, you're at Startabuzz. Uh, mm-hmm. Where did that name come from? Yeah, so that was that went along with uh, Honeybee Consulting, which was my um, my company. And so you know, uh, Honeybee uh, means or Melissa means honeybee in Greek, um, and that's where Honeybee came from. And since I was doing PR and trying to get people noticed, you know, start a buzz, and so it was just a natural fit. And that is just the name that people now know me by. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I'm going to wrap this up for you and ask you, sure. I'm going to ask the same question I've asked every guest since Jay Thompson, you know, Jay. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, Jay is my. Mm. <laughs> so the question is what, what one piece of advice would you give a new agent just starting in the business? Oh my gosh. There, there are so many, um, you know, from a, from a writing perspective, I, I would just say, you know, to, to be, yourself, you know, be, be diligent and, and just really don't be afraid to, to go after things. But from a a writing perspective, don't try to write the way you think you're supposed to, you know, there's nothing wrong with having fun and, and being yourself. Um, If you are writing in a way that is different from the way everybody else is doing it, then people are going to notice, notice what you're doing because, there's so many people who do things cookie cutter. So don't do that. Melissa, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? So um, I am tethered to Twitter at seemingly all the time. So, uh, you know, sending me a message and at message on Twitter is great. I'm pretty easy to find on Facebook, on Instagram. I am also at Startabuzz. Um, and I, I'm one of those people who just seems to be online all the time, much to my family's chagrin. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm pretty easy to find, and I'm happy to answer questions to anybody. Melissa, thank you so much for your time today. This really was a lot of fun, just exactly what I expected. And uh, uh, thanks, yeah, Bill. good luck going forward in your uh, with your career. Thanks so much, Bill. This was great. I had a great time. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast. To leave a review or rating, go to ratethispodcast.com slash resessions. You can also subscribe to the podcast at your favorite podcast listening app. Finally, you can go to therealestatesessions.com and subscribe to our email newsletter and be notified whenever a new episode is released. New episodes of the Real Estate Sessions podcast are released every Tuesday. (laughs) 